13. 13? Yeah. <laughs> so you had a topic in mind. Yeah. The uh, I thought it would be beneficial to discuss at least our journey. Um, for sure with movement, but I don't know if meditation comes in into this or not. And and what it what it does as far as releasing stuck energy or uh, you know movement in in relation to uh, spiritual awakening. But but I don't want to like throw spiritual awakening as a term, but just like general vitality general yeah. vitality not for the purpose of like oh i want to be healthy and fit like spiritual yeah. vitality energetic vitality of right. your being and that's not to discount the healthy and fit because it does that too it does that too yeah but this is on the deeper level like what does movement do to for general health like let's say actually physical health but then in turn, the truth is the lack of physical health is just a reflection of the trapped energy inside the physical form that is keeping you stuck and then is causing physical ailments, right? But but what that movement does to release that stuck energy so that the physical form is healthy and then dot, 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 in turn, you do not get uh, sick. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like kind of it's a it's like a, a a big knot of topics that all correlate and and, and weave together. Because we can we can start by saying that we have a daily yoga practice every morning. But, I mean, but you know that's a recent addition. Yeah, since like, like a year ago. Yeah, about last year. And then afterward, we'll we will meditate as well. Mm-hmm. But we can focus on the the yoga part today. And when, yeah. we say, when we say movement, it isn't necessarily yoga. Although that's... Yeah. An easy way to do it. Yeah. I I think to begin with, movement... I will say that when people hear exercise, my idea of what exercise was to me prior to understanding of what having your body be energetically and physically aligned is... It was almost like, oh, I have to like literally like kill my body, overwork it, over suffer it in order to achieve some sort of result or be fit or be uh, in shape or look the right way or, you know, whatever. So in my 20s, my idea behind fitness was very uh, like result driven. Or look, I'm pudgy here, and I'm pudgy there, or I just had kids, I need to tone my stomach, or look, I don't have awesome abs, and, you know, I have flab here, and I have flab there. And so, idea was more of self, um, self-esteem driven, or like, desire to look a certain way. And that's 20s, and possibly 30s. Like our P90X. Era, yeah, no, I, I, we, even pre pre ninety X. We got when was that? That was that two thousand eleven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, something like that. 
we bought it New Year's Eve. As like a as like a right in a hotel room. Yeah, we were we were traveling and we were in a hotel room and then we were trying to take a nap before New Year's Eve. Well, this would have been two thousand eight then. Was it two thousand eight? I don't know. In, it was in Scottsdale, right? No, it was in uh, Cal. Wait, no, it was in L.A. Oh, then it wasn't two thousand eight. Yeah, it was in L.A. No, because I I was doing it in two thousand eleven, so it must have been the ten to eleven New Year's. Yeah, we were trying to take a nap and we had a TV on New Year's Eve, whatever year this let's is. Say, let's say twenty ten. And then P ninety X was you know those TV stations that run like thirty minute infomercials. Yeah, P ninety X was running thirty minute infomercials, and we Tony Horton. Yeah, Tony, I, which I appreciate Tony, but uh, but that was your first introduction to yoga. It was, yeah. Yeah. And I was doing yoga before that, but maybe maybe in a slightly different style. Like Tony's yoga class, the, so the P90X that we did had, it was basically like a schedule thing and you do it every day, which was really hard to do because we would really do it after do. work. But I got in great shape. Yeah. But you also started washing your calories back then. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did both. I did. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to eat no more than whatever it was, 2,000 calories. Yeah. And I'm going to do them, not not crappy calories, but right calories. And we were just, but but like, honestly, but think was, about how it was, forced it was. It was so hard. It was unsustainable. Unsustainable, yeah. I did, I did, I'm like, oh, I have abs, look at that. Yeah, we, but, it was a three months program, right? Yeah. We did two months of it. We, uh, you got in incredible shape, me less so, um, but but yeah, it, it worked. But it was so hard on your body, completely unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying is not to dis P90X because this does work. If it works. that is if your you, thing, if you have that dedication, or if you that's your thing. Yeah. But but yeah, I think since then he has come out with like P90X two minis, which is basically not not as intense as that yeah. series were. Uh, but it, it was. I would look back and I would say all of my fitness efforts and then staying fit and staying healthy were based on some sort of achievement of a body shape out of dissatisfaction, internal dissatisfaction with my being. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my internal dissatisfaction with my appearance is what drove all efforts between dieting, exercise, and whatever. Yeah. And there's this subtle difference between I want to have, I want to, you know, have less, less belly flab for this reason versus that reason. I want it because I will, I know I will feel, feel better in a healthy sense or because I will feel better in a emotional sense. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different reasons to, uh, to do I guess anything, but especially exercise. Yeah. But all through my 20s and then definitely into the 30s, at least early to mid 30s, the exercise was done for the wrong reason. It's not going to come to you. not going to come to me. I'm not going to come to mommy. You're going to come to mommy? Yeah. Um, and, right, and so the results will never be there. And honestly, they were never there because it wasn't even coming from the right space. That is not to discourage people from dieting and things like that. But uh, everything was like forced, right? It was a chase. 
enforced mm-hmm. out of internal dissatisfaction with my being. Yeah. Right. right. And, and during COVID, exercise took on a whole other meaning of like, oh, I feel like shit. Let me run. Right. Let me run. So I ran around during COVID. Oh, she almost came to me. She was going to go to the table, I think. Right. And so that, but again, dissatis- different type of dissatisfaction with self, but, but still like the running was to like, let me try to run off, <laughs> run away from everything that I'm feeling <laughs> that is coming literally up. run away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I almost felt that way. Like, right. So there's, you know, a lot of people like joke about like, oh yeah, you're running because you're trying to get away from something. And, and a lot of people will discount that. But I do think a lot of people who run are running because they're trying not to address some deep emotional wounds and running is like quite literally the most literal literal way that you're that you're trying to get away from it and that is what running was to me during covid i remember thinking oh i feel like shit instead of me like sitting there and processing and acknowledging the internal feeling let me go run and so we run i ran around during covid i'm not saying it was productive but it it got that you know that endorphin well, no, like, right, once the tension of crap builds up that you're not addressing emotionally. Um, it's a physical way to let it out. It's a physical way to make yourself feel worse on the physical level to offset about the fact that you still, like, feel like shit on the spiritual level or an emotional level, right? It's a distraction. It's a distraction to drawing away emotional dissatisfaction with now physical pain or physical dissatisfaction. Right. And so most of the most of the workout is there as that. I say that because the argument is what's what's the other outlet? Better than drugs. Drugs, yeah. Better than alcohol, better than gambling. Yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah. So if you're approaching exercise from that standpoint of like trying to avoid emotional processing and emotional work and trauma processing, this is not what we're talking about. Yeah. That is just exercise for distraction of right. your being. Yeah. But the movement that we're talking about is basically, I, I should not say what you should be doing, but how it looks when it is done with awareness. Yeah. And so yoga, to me in particular, I started doing kundalini yoga but kundalini meditative yoga. So I think that's slightly different than the crazy kundalini that everyone talks about. Because you know, we, do, we do the crazy kundalini and that's different than, than the meditative kundalini. Yeah. Um, and I realized I started doing it when, and this was, it, it was right in line with 2017. Because it, 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 I kind of started incorporating that. I was driven, I was the, like- the, guy, one on, the one on Gaia? Yeah. So it was- I was guided into that practice together with the 2017 dream that we referenced in one of my previous podcasts. And what I realized, I started doing it not for exercise purposes, because in my mind, it would almost not count as exercise. Right. If you look at somebody doing one of these things, they're, you know, come down. There's a lot of, you know, this type of stuff and and it's it's not you're not going to get ripped doing this stuff no and so i mean there there is a i'm not going to say that i want to be clear that there is a physical benefit to it you are moving 
Mm-hmm. You are lubricating your joints. You are, you know, using your muscles. Yeah. But it's not, it's not lifting weights. It's not running. It's not Pilates. It's not, it's not even traditional. Is it Hatha yoga? What's the moving yoga? Yeah. I mean, there's d- different branches of it, but we do a lot of Hatha. It's not, it's not even that. You're just seated. You're, you're seated for most of it. A lot yeah. of it. The meditative yoga that we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I started that in 2017. And what I realized, and I don't know, like maybe you can chime in to see, because since you've been doing it to see, it at that time, because I was still using physical exercise as a way to drown out my emotional distress, I did not count that as exercise. Because yeah. I still thought, okay, well, this is something different. I'm being driven into this or I'm being pulled into this. So I do this for this reason, but I still need to run and do all the crazy stuff to beat my body up in order to feel like, not feel like shit emotionally to offset it with the physical, whatever. Yeah. And at the time I would run and what else I would do? I, I did um, just, just more aggressive, more aggressive, high impact, high impact type of a things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but because this was not high impact, and in no way did I think it actually defused the emotional pain, that's what I started with. I guess in 2017, was that the uh, cross-country year? Sometime around then? I don't know. Our son was in cross-country for a, a year or two, and uh, we... Maybe, yeah. And he, you know, they there's a park nearby. And, you know, twice a week, there's cross-country practice. And it's easy to use that as an excuse to go and run as a parent. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the kid's occupied, so, and they're running. Well, I'll run too. Yeah, I ran a lot then too. I ran a lot then too. But my body, like, that was a lot of wear and tear on my body. I guess. Uh, for me. Yeah, for you. Yeah. It wasn't. You, you, the way you describe running, and you're like you're just destroying my body, and it hurts so much. Yeah, that's I don't I don't have that out of out of running. I think running for uh, maybe maybe I'm just generalizing here, and I'm like trying to say it's a female versus male thing. But is it almost like a punishment? Right the way, now, the way, no. Back then, the way you describe it is almost like a, a punishment or no, a punishment to your like body. Ta- it's like a task to do in order to. Like it's a task. It's a chore. It's a chore, I guess. You know. It's not something you would do for fun. It's not enjoyable in and of itself. The way I would approach it would be more violent. Huh. Like more, right? Because the I guess I, I, the five I, I mile. I because I, I have approached it like that No, on occasion. Yeah. So back when we did cross country, it was more of like approaching it. Like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Gotta run. Gotta run, right? It was just like, gotta, gotta. And then, you know, back then, I actually cared about how my body looked. Probably self-esteem driven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, back then, I was always trying to go, can I go faster? Can I, can I hit a new record? Can I run longer, faster, harder? That was, that was impo- important. <laughs> yeah, but see, that, that to me is, is right now, I'm it, at the point in my life where I'm trying to I'm I'm having a hard time dealing with the scales. Yeah. And so anytime I hear you say that, I almost get that like pullback of yeah. all my all my personal records are from 2017. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. My my quickest 5K was then. Yeah. Quickest 5K, quickest mile, quickest 1K. Maybe all records you know, I have, in I have run 
I think I might have run longer since then. Yeah, you run wrong longer time now. But that's more of a that's a pace. I any a, a long run to me is a is is a meditation and or a podcast. But it's not I don't know. It isn't that. It isn't what yeah. it used to be. I But I enjoy running. I I enjoy going out for an hour and running. That is No, I I, I enjoy it too now, but I think I can totally see how I approach it differently than yes, I used to. Yes, it's very different. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is this movement, right? It it comes from a different space, right? Like now I see, oh, it came from a very pinned up space. Yeah. Out of desire for something, out of hope for outcome, out of like hope to change my body, to look different, to feel better, to not feel like shit. Yeah. There is all this additional. And all that stuff is either gone or very secondary. It's like, yes, running will burn calories and, you know, you will get into shape and build muscle. Same thing with yoga. Mm -hmm. But that's like not really why I do it. Yeah. That's like a oh well, that's that's a nice bonus, sure. But yeah. that's not really it. I would still run even if it didn't. Yeah. I would still do yoga even if it didn't. Now when I run, here's what I notice. Now when I run, the repetitive motion between the leg movement and the arm movement and me being and able to swing my torso, right? And I am actually I don't actually watch my breath. But so, I never push myself to the point where I cannot breathe. Well, it's not that I can't breathe. It's that my my breath gets synced up. It's like Yeah, you inhale, do a better job than that. Huh? You do a better job on that than I Inhale, do. right, left, outhale, right. I exhale, right, left. So it's Yeah, and, and, I, and I, so, I don't do that. And as I go longer and longer, you know, I have to breathe, you know, to begin with, it's inhale for five steps and out and exhale for five steps. And then it gets four, three, two, you know. And if I'm if I'm going crazy or if I'm like okay well I'm 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 right at the end I'm gonna just just I'm 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 coming home I'm just gonna you know burn it all off and exhaust myself right here and push as fast as I can you know it's in out in out but uh no yeah. the breath is very synced up with it and I, it has to be I cannot run if it's not synced up with the step I will change my my stride to match a breath because it feels too weird to breathe out of sync with the step. And it used to be because I would listen to music that I needed the music to to line up with the step, to line up with the breath, and that's all fine and good as long as it lines up. But yeah. if it's if it's too fast or too slow, I, I and so for the longest time I couldn't run to music. It was weird. Oh, you would have to craft the playlist. Yeah. Now it's that it doesn't matter if it lines up or not. Yeah, but maybe in your case you treat running as a breath work exercise yeah i i do yeah and i didn't used to one and i still don't because my breath is whatever we could do an episode on breath work yeah no but that, i think that's what it comes down to this what this movement is Kund the kundalini the meditative kundalini we do is mostly breath work there's a lot of breath work in it and then the hatha yoga that we do is most of the time when the instructor is good, they cue, to begin with, before you know it, they try to cue your breath. Yeah. Like each in, pose is a breath in. in inhale and to this, exhale back down, inhale to this, yeah. exhale back down. Yeah. Right? Often, a, a lot of them will 
will build a routine in steps and then they will go through the whole routine to a breath. One breath to one movement. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's the goal with all yoga, one breath to one yeah. movement. That's but, the flow. Yeah. But, but to begin with, whenever you ramp up to that, uh, you, you know, and sometimes you hold the poses so you're mm-hmm. in a pose a little bit longer. And there, I mean, same thing with uh, with Tai Chi. That was very tied to the breath. Y- yes. You were supposed to be. You were, it was supposed to be. And like some, some, you know, some things more naturally go together with breath. I mean, it, both in yoga, in, in yoga, like a contracting motion is usually an exhale. You know, you exhale and you inhale out. And in Tai Chi, you know, any sort of strike is an exhale. Um, it, just, it, it just feels natural and right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the what we need to go about and what I wanted to actually lead this into. So we're not talking about the, the unaddressing of your internal self exercise. We're talking about exercise with this. Intention. Well, no, it, it, not necessarily intention, but the exercise where you're doing it in cognitive awareness because you realize that the breath, right? What, what Kundalini meditation is what I started with in 2017. So this like six years in, right? What it does is literally the movements are there, but you're sinking up the breath and you're prolonging your breath. And the, so all of this is to say that the reason why the movement is so important in general health and then emotional health is because it allows you to focus in and then prolong and deepen your breath, which then in turn allows easier release of trapped energy in your physical form. Because it it goes into your physical form that holds the trapped energy, and then that trapped energy is an emotional energy. So it's both, right? So even though yoga is a physical movement, right, and Kundalini is physical movement, and and Tai Chi is a physical movement, right, and and martial arts is physical movement, but when you incorporate the breath into it, it basically it's almost like. Um, a chisel that goes in into, you know, a stuck ball and starts chiseling away at a physical buildup that is also correlated to emotional buildup. Yeah. What's interesting is what comes up during yoga. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I'm ready for this to be over. We just started and I'm ready for this to be over. And it's like, you know, to begin with, it was like, I'm just ready for this to be over and I'm kind of grumpy for the rest of it. But now it's like, I'm ready for this to be over. Isn't that interesting? And, you know, kind of introspect on it. Yeah. Do you remember when, so in 2017, I was trying to get you to start Kundalini with me because I noticed, I noticed what it did to me. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, they call it breath of fire. There's just a lot of breath. A lot of breath. And sometimes it's fast breath. Like yeah. What I would have then called hyperventilating. <laughs> and um, to someone who hasn't done it, the first time you do it, it doesn't feel great. It physically feel, it, it physically, it makes my, it made me, I felt nauseous. I got, I got like cold sweats and clammy. But why? Yeah, because that was all stuck. 
Yeah, because literally breath starts to hit each time, right? And this is what I love about it is the response that you felt first time doing Kundalini. It was this this very strong aversion to it. Well, yeah, because it was so hard. Yeah. And it was hitting you so deep that let's be honest, it was penetrating deep into the most emotionally stuck thing that you're refusing to address in 2017. Yeah. And that's what basically what it does. Proper movement practice will start to penetrate your stuck emotional energetic balls of shit that could potentially be presenting themselves as physical ailments right now or might not even be and they're still just energetic stuck points, which is great if they're still just energetic. If they hasn't moved into the physical portion of it, you still have a chance to amend it and, and not let it get worse. But it will start to hit so deep that nausea, cold sweats, anger. Uh, anger. I, oh, yeah. It made me really irritated. Yeah. You could become angry because it's hitting at the trapped. Right. I mean, that's the same thing I said in, in the last episode in my dream. It was like, you know, the, the, the kid was getting really irritated about, about whatever it was with electricity. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. Go there. Yeah. 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 Now- if if you're irritated about something, if you're just like, oh my gosh, this whole thing just makes me so angry. Yeah, go there. Let it explore that. Feel it. Let it out. Yeah. And and so I'm not this is not a sales pitch for yoga or tai chi or kundalini, but to us, to me, it has been transformative. Well, no extremely important on my journey to then be able to shut off both mental, emotional, physical um, uh, stuckness, right? It allows me to process myself on a multitude of levels. Not like not like this is a cognitive, I don't go into it with this as a cognitive desire. Like I don't have an outcome planned out of it, right? But as I do them and certain certain poses, like I can feel certain poses still hit certain spots where I still have stock energy that, that I know, you know, as I will continue to work with yoga and Tai Chi and, and Kundalini, it will hit those points. And I still get nauseous and I still. Yeah, I still, there are, there are certain poses where I'm like, oh, here it comes. But, but you know. If you open yourself up to it. Yeah, I'm uh, like, there, yeah. There's some that I, I like more than others, you know. Okay, you know, like, oh, here comes Warrior 2. I know my shoulder is, has an issue with Warrior 2 facing the one way, not the other way, which is weird. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm not. I'm mu- I mean, I am much more flexible now than I was before I started, which is great. But uh, like the whole bring bring your foot up and putting it down, it's still it doesn't really go where I want it to go. I have to help it along. So that's yeah. But it's not. But it is not about. But yeah, I know how flexible you are. It is about where are you right now in order to have it meet you right to release or to yeah m- moisturize or to lubricate. The flow of energy. Right. 
that needs to come through where, right now. Where I'm going is that there are some poses that, you know, are more, it's because they're more difficult, right? Well, they're difficult on the energetic level, but we think of right. it as on physical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like with me, and and some instructors are will point this out, but I will just say it, the camel pose <laughs> to me is the epitome of hitting all the ugly things that are still holding in your body. I can't, I can't even get into full camel pose. No, but with me, like I know if I, if there's a practice that I'm doing and it's going to put me in the camel pose, I still have so much crap held in whatever the camel pose hits that, you know, like I know this and it, something new comes up every time, but I know that is where the bulk of my emotional stuckness is, is in the camel pose. Hmm. And that is in fact the exact same place that I'm having my my shoulder blade issues right now, mm. right? And and I literally, and so yeah, the back bands that we do in Tai Chi, whenever we do, I don't remember what that movement is, like when we do a back band, uh, we do a back band, oh, back band together with the arms and head turned to one side, and then we come oh, back. Qigong. Yeah, I'm sorry, in Qigong. No, in Tai Chi. Oh, no, Qigong, this is Qigong. Yeah, in the eight, in the eight, Okay. What? what is brocade. it? Brocade. Eight brocade movement. Yeah. There's a there's a pose where you basically do a bend back bend with your head turned to the side. And then and then, you know, it's kind of like a Qigong's versions of a camel pose, kind of sort of. Um, oh yeah, and it just gets me every time. Yeah, and whenever we did Tai Chi, we, so we we spend a year learning the twenty eight form. No, wait, twenty, because it's one hundred eight, and what's the other one? Twenty four. Twenty four. So twenty four form. Yeah. So we are not proficient in the twenty four. <laughs> well, okay, I keep I keep feeling like we should practice that. It's been a little while since we practiced. You know, that. What I was thinking we should practice uh, the um, the fighting the fighting form. Oh yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. So yeah, we did we did Tai Chi, the 24 form, the short for, form, the the short, short short form, form. for a year uh, with but, an amazing instructor. Yeah. And then at the end, after we finished the 24, we started with 108. Yeah. Um, and, and we went all the way through, but not to the point where our body has memorized it yeah. yet. And and we also did some some side exploration into Qigong and- uh, The staff, and the staff, staff form. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so now we do occasionally do Qigong at home as a supplement to yoga. Mm -hmm. um, but it's similar. Like it feels similar. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. And so that, so movement, right? If what I want to say is to me, so if you are on a journey of one, just you're currently sick and you're trying to get better. Or two, if you if you are on a spiritual journey, adding movement into your repertoire, I personally think is crucial, not for the fitness purposes, not for the, oh, I want to get this and this, this out of it. Simply for the notion is, by the mere nature of you just going and doing it, 
unbeknownst to you, it does something on the most incredible cellular level yeah. that allows you to release and be able to handle the things that come up. And it allows new things to come up that are still trapped that, again, are subconscious to you. Yeah. But are kind of just the yoga is there or the qigong or, I mean, heck, maybe even walking, just walking yeah. with a swing of side to side. And if you can if you can sync your breath up with it, even better. Yeah. So Or or just, heck, a breath practice. Breath practice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> can, is, is that one public? Can we link to that one? Which one? The one that we've done a couple of times, the Thanksgiving one? No, it's not. It's on a private. It's on a private list. So we can't link to that. No, we can't link to but that. But if you just search on YouTube for breathwork, you'll find something. Yeah. That you think. <laughs> so basically, here here's the gist. You you lay down or get in some comfortable position. We we lay down, <laughs> and you breathe in a repetitive, fairly quick pattern, like <sighs> in in out in in out deeply for. 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. And it's like, what would that do? Well, that doesn't make any sense how that would do anything. We've, we've done it three or four times. Boy. Every time I do it, I'm like, well, this is doing nothing. This is, well, what's the point of this? I, I'm thinking this. I'm, I'm like, oh, really? I'm, especially the first time. Like, oh, the first time we didn't know what to expect. I'm like, this, is, this is dumb. What, I'm just laying here breathing. And then, you know, I start to get the, the, the cold sweats. I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm committed to this. I'm going to do it. And my hands start getting numb. But the cold numb. sweats is the sign that it's hitting at that stuck yeah. energy. My hands start getting tingly. My whole body starts getting tingly. My face starts getting tingly. I'm like, okay, well, there is a physical body response to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's, let's say it's 45 minutes long. And, but like, no, you know, nothing's really happening emotionally until like 35 minutes in. And I am just bawling my eyes out. <laughs> I we we had I had a pillow next to me, and I have to just stop, and I have to just I'm just crying into a pillow. Four times this has happened. Yeah. Every time I do it, something else comes up, and it is just so. There's so much of an emotional release out of that. Yeah. It's amazing, and it's a different thing every time. It's whatever probably is whatever the low hanging fruit is as far as. But to or closest you, to the surface, or who yeah, knows? Yeah, but to you, is that a specific thing? It, every time it has been something very specific. Okay. Something weirdly specific. And it's not like a sad thing. It is tra trapped energy? It's a trapped energy thing. I'm like, you know, the first time it was, it took me to this, uh, this antique store that we happened to visit in, in Texas one time. You and I or your family? No, when we went to, uh, right before, was it Enchanted Rock? or the Oh, in Farmington? The, Farmington, Texas? Maybe. Is it in Farmington? I don't remember. But it be was, you, you remember the, that store? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, what about it? I don't remember. I think I wrote it down. But I, it took me there. And mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just crying into a pillow. Harder than I've ever cried in my life. There was something about that there antique store. There was something store. about it. No, I'm actually saying there was something about the antique store. There was something about the antique store. Yeah, it was it was interesting. But anyway, it took me there, and it wasn't. It, that was not a sad thing in real life when it happened. But whatever whatever it was, there was it was stuck, and it came out. So I would highly recommend 
a uh, a breathwork thing. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying you're going to like it, especially to begin with, but it is it is a valuable thing to do. It's transformative. It's transformative. But it, what I like it's about- It's hard. It's, it's weirdly hard to do. It's hard to lay there and breathe. Yeah. Because I'll, every now and then I'll be like, oh, wait, I've fallen out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing in out instead of in, in out. You yeah. Know, everybody has their own technique to do it, but it's basically, I, I don't know. And it's not just that you're flooding your, your system with oxygen. There's something else to it. Well, no. What's something else to it is our emotional stuck energy shortens our breath. And so most of us, pre-cognitive understanding of what it means to actually be sick or ill, don't realize that all of that comes from a shortened, shortened breath. And so the more trauma and the Sh- more- Shallow? Shallow breath, yeah. So the more trauma and the more uh, stuck energy we're holding, the more shallow our breath is. And it's through our mouth and not through our nose. That's another thing. You're supposed to breathe through your nose. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say supposed to, but the, so our shallow breath is there as a reflection of the fact that we're not, our system is not operating on the full scale of its energetic form. Like from the, from the energetic standpoint, like physically, your chakra system or your body energy system the reason why you're getting sick or the reason why you're not feeling well, the reason why you're so irritated really quickly and, and then feel the lulls. So the right that that pendulum swing of emotional and hormonal crap is because the you're holding stuck emotional energy, right? You're you're just stuck. And then the breath is the the number one showcase of that, how shallow your breath is. So anytime you take on anything. That allows you, so that's why to me running is not necessarily the best thing is because I'm still not good at controlling my the length of my breath while running, right? But you do a good job at it, so that's why it's working for you. But kundalini is a thing that, you know, quite literally guides you to lengthen your breath. Yoga guides you to lengthen your breath. Qigong, Tai Chi are both tied to the breath. And, and the goal is to prolong it. So meaning as you practice this over the years, a month or days, your natural breathing pattern becomes more deeper and deeper and deeper at on just on the everyday walking level, right? And so then you start to get into the stuck point. So whenever we do the breath work, right, and breathing for, honestly, the whole thing is maybe 40 minutes or 50 minutes, but you start convulsing <laughs> within the first 10 or 20 Right. Well, you, well, the effects that you're starting to feel with the clampness. Oh, that's quick. That's really quick. That's really quick. And then, but you're continuing to breath through it, meaning yeah. after that first 10 minutes when it hits, you're still breathing for next 20 or 30, allowing all of that to come through. Yeah. We should do that. We should do another. another. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it will be beneficial. The one that we do is, um, and we will do episode on this. Uh, is part of so we drink cacao as another energy releasing cleansing process yeah. and the breath work session that we do is with a practitioner that is tied to this particular cacao um group and yeah, so his, when, we, when we say cacao that is not hot chocolate oh yeah yeah no no it's is, sacred cacao, like ceremonial it, sacred cacao yeah which is you take you know cacao. well i think we should have an episode on cacao okay 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do that. Yeah. And so a lot of times breath work is tied with drinking cacao because yeah. cacao has theobromine. Yeah, most of the times we did breath work after cacao, but once or twice it was just it works either way. Yeah, it works either way. It works either you way. You don't need the cacao. Yeah, breath work is probably one of the most like easiest and effective ways to to move to move, to move stuck, stuck energy. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy how and it's how you know it's the easiest, with, with the most it, freest thing you can you do. Just, you just lay there and breathe. Have a pillow handy to, to cry into. Yeah. And I think you can probably go on YouTube and just find one hour, an hour and a half sessions right. of, so it's basically someone's guiding you. You can do it in person, but you know, in this day and age, everything's online. You know, we're doing this online. So you can just find on YouTube or, you know, any kind of forums or any kind of clubs that you're in pre-recorded breathwork sessions. So, yeah. so we don't even do them live. We just do a pre-recorded yeah. one. And we actually do the same one every time. Yeah. And then this this person who's guiding you now, he's holding space during the time that he recorded that. It was a group session that they recorded that with. But, you know, that space extension is being held into our space whenever we do it. So it's important to have someone who's holding space and he's guiding your breath. And there's yeah. usually music in the background that facilitates specific movements. So I think this practitioner, maybe we should flash him because I think he does have these sessions available, okay. pay, paid. Yeah, if if we can if we can find it, then there'll be a link in the show notes. Yeah, and I never met him in person, don't even know who this dude is, but he has a good voice and his sessions work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a crazy experience. But yeah, so movement. Uh, I, movement, especially combined with breath. But move, usually the right type of movement is combined yeah. with breath. What what I'd like to point out is um, with with yoga, they you know, a lot of yoga instructors as they're going about instructing um, talk about the uh, the sensation that you feel, and that's the word that they use: is sensation. You know, you'll you'll be in some some stretch or some pose, and you know it hurts or it doesn't feel good, or it's uncomfortable, or, oh my gosh, I can't hold it any longer. And calling it a sensation, that's what it is. You're not going to die from this. You're mm -hmm. not going to break, break a bone. You're not, your muscle's not going to tear unless you're doing something horribly wrong. It's sensation. It's just uncomfortable. And that's all in, you, in your mind, right? And, and having it reiterated, oh, you, you'll feel some sensation just just reiterates that this is just it it's it makes it seem it reiterates how it's not i don't want to say it's not real because it's real in one sense but it's not real in a in a different sense in the, like in the mode of a fear where you think like oh, oh I, I need to back out of this yeah you don't necessarily need to back out of it maybe maybe you do maybe you don't back out of it but you don't necessarily need to back out of it if you go through a yoga practice feeling, you know, you're in, you know, chair pose or something, which is not the easiest pose, especially to begin with. And if you're if you're doing it deep and you're doing it intense, you know, that is that is difficult to maintain for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But if you can realize this is just sensation, you can last a whole lot longer. Yeah. Um but lasting longer meaning 
you would allow whatever that pose is bringing up to come up. Right. And where I'm going is that realizing it's all just sensation is a great thing to just apply to life in general. Mm -hmm. Because then it's, oh, it's not, it, it goes beyond just the physical discomfort that that they, you know, you, uh, euphemize into sensation mm -hmm. um it's like oh the uh, joe made me angry well that's just sensation you could look at it that way it's, it's inter all, interpreted on your end yes it's just something that you have interpreted on on your end as unpleasant or 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 difficult or whatever mm -hmm. um i i see that uh to me, yoga emphasizes that that analogy of to to bring that into your everyday life. It's like, oh, okay, this this pose, this stretch, this whatever is difficult. Quote difficult in that it hurts, in that I can't stretch that much, in that whatever. But all that is bundled into the word sensation. You're feeling something. Yeah going through life, everyday life. You get the email from the person you don't want to talk to. You get a call from... <laughs> We're both thinking of the same person right now. Um, and uh, uh, that's all sensation too. It's, yeah. it's instead of a physical sensation, it's an emotional sensation. But it it helps prepare you and maybe even train you for how to how to deal with that. You don't have to deal with it by backing out of it. You don't have to deal with it by fighting it full force. You can deal with it just by noticing it and letting it be. Okay, I notice that my legs are killing me. Okay, that's fine. And it, and period. It's not and I back out or it's not and I double down. Just noticing is, is often enough. Yeah, I think the practice is supposed to teach you conscious awareness. Right, the 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 advanced portions of the yoga practice. I'm not saying advanced, like in the sense that this is a goal, but once you've been doing it for a while, what you realize is what's behind it is as you're breathing, as you're in some sort of posture, you're observing what is happening. Yeah, it's yeah. When when to me, advanced is kind of like when we started doing Tai Chi. It was like, what does the teacher do? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do do the same thing. I'm gonna try to robotically mimic the exact same motions. Okay, well that's a that's a good way to to get into it. But then it's like it transcends it transcends the movements itself, the movements themselves, and it turns into a flow. To me, that's what like is that what you mean by advanced? It's when when you're no longer just Okay, how do I do this position? Put my foot here, put my foot here, put my arms here. Okay, I'm doing it. In the same way that you would pose a mannequin. It's there's a energetic flow to it beyond beyond just moving my muscles to get into that position. Yeah. But yeah. But you know, at a certain point you just disconnect yourself from physical like you still you still have a physical mind that runs that goes away i need to put this foot here and this foot there in order to stabilize 
myself, right? Mm -hmm. In order, like, right, because I, because otherwise I'm falling. Yeah. So you still have that cognitive thought, but then you spend less time in that cognitive thought and more time in observation of what this is bringing right. up. There's this, or what this feels like. I mean, yeah. There. I mean, maybe what I'm trying to say is that there's a uh, from the from the very beginner who's never done yoga, and you know, you would say, you know downward dog or warrior two or whatever and that means nothing what does that mean i don't know what that looks like to where after you've done it a couple times and you know what those positions are and you don't have to watch the instructor when they say do this do that you you your mind and your body know how to get into those positions so you don't have to worry about the mechanics of it anymore yeah yeah one of the instructors that we do that i love um uh, his name is kevin courtney but he has <laughs> anytime he you know i think in one of the one of the um sessions he said like oh you know you might you might feel some sensation and then you know you might it this might be a lot and you might consider you might you what was he says he said, i recommend not going and finding a different yoga practice yeah right and so he he encourages you i think he's the best at encouraging you to stay through the discomfort that yeah. comes up. And that's a weird one. It's, it's not a traditional yoga practice in that on that particular one, you take a blanket and you roll it up into a big wad and you lay on it and it's pushing into your gut. Yeah, I'd say it's, suppo it's supposed to release trapped energy. Yeah. And, and now he does an amazing job at some of his particular practices are great at getting into positions that push those things, right? Yeah. And so I, I love him because he, one, he he has very unique positions that get you into not normal situations. Yeah, he has a very, very different take on yoga than yeah, what I think most traditional yoga teachers do. Yeah, and then he, and he's there from the spiritual standpoint, realizing what he's doing from the spiritual end. Yeah. So yeah, all of the yoga that we do, I want to say, is spiritual yoga. Yeah. All the instructors are aware of spirituality and energy work yeah. and what it does for general health, but both mental and emotional health. And so the yoga that we do, it actually maybe some of the instructors are not necessarily that spiritual. Yeah. But once, if you have that in mind. Yeah, you can't see it any other way. Yeah, you can't see it in any other way. But he's he is spiritual yeah. and he is on the spiritual in journey. In fact, he has a great meditation series too. Oh, yes. He has an amazing meditation series. But, you know, you have to be a guy subscriber yeah. to get to any of these. It, it's linked but below, but you have to be yeah. a subscriber to see it. Yeah. But, yeah. But he, with him, it's like. What I love about him is the encouragement of staying through the discomfort. Yeah. And so to begin with, we kind of started our year-long routine of daily yoga with him. Mm -hmm. And that I think it kind of locked in the perception of what this ought to be. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And it's, uh, to me, it has been transformative since I have been doing yoga. And I've been doing yoga for a long time. But maybe more from the spiritual standpoint only within the last five years or so. And I just, I think I just struggled with January, February, I just really started. Yeah, but you were very opposed to it. I was very opposed to it. Because I think whenever you I started did it, to feel Whenever sensations. I did it, I would feel something, yeah. Yeah, and so with, with you, with Elliot, 
you know, and we, if you're not ready for sensations to come up, yeah. If right, if you're still fighting your self, self, your your, <laughs> if you're if you're actually living life trying to suppress emotions, trying to suppress your own truth, trying to suppress suppress um, feelings, feelings, right, or 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 your your own being like the uh, the truth of you like if you're just living your own lie and I, I, i'm not trying to um no that just pretty much sums it up then then it's hard then, it's hard there is a physical repulsion to it well yeah the Your physical, physical and, and, and emotional there's like i don't it's not like it, it's above and beyond you know I don't think this is for me. I don't I don't think it'll be fun. I don't think I'll get anything out of it. It was a no, I just don't want to do it. I actively don't want to do it. Yeah. So a lot of people start yoga. I actively don't want to chop off my finger. I actively don't want to do yoga because it it is uncomfortable in a deeply fundamental way. Yeah. Well, it's because I, you know, yeah. It, it, from the from the spiritual standpoint, what we talked about a couple episodes ago from the uh Plato's Caves allegory it starts to showcase the presence of the shadow. Yeah. Right? It it goes, guess what? You're in a cave and you're living a shadow yeah. as opposed to even nope. acknowledging that there's truth out there. And so yoga, the reason why a lot of people start yoga and then like back out of it and like think it's the worst thing in the world, period, and get angry about when anybody brings up kundalini. That's why so people, so many people are violently against kundalini yeah. is because it hits them so deep right. and there's, it's so raw. There's, there's this weird stereotype out there that, whoa, kundalini, watch out for that. That's dangerous. I've well, heard so many people say, watch out, that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And like, anytime I would say to people that I do kundalini, they're like, like whoa. Like, like, I, like physically dangerous. Like you are going to damage your mind or body or something by doing this. Watch out. Yeah, but why? It's like I don't know. It, it's like it was like worse than you know. I'm I'm gonna take up extreme skateboarding. Nobody or would say that about extreme skateboarding. But people I say mean, that about Kundalini. Which extreme skateboarding is probably actually dangerous, and yeah. people actually get hurt and actually get brain damage and broken bones from that. Yeah. I don't know who's ever been physically hurt from. And that's the thing. The Kundal in Kundalini, they say none of these practices are hurtful and right. harmful to your body. Right. They're like, it will, it may feel, you will feel a sensation. You will feel, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to pass out from, from this, the way that I'm breathing right now. I'm getting the cold sweats. I'm well, getting the whatever. It, it, you the will pass feel out, something. Yeah, the pass out portion on your end is because, right, you because were I, so accustomed I did, to shallow breathing. Yeah, I didn't know how to breathe. Yeah. 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 For, no. for my whole life, I would I would breathe from my upper chest. And part of that is because when I breathe from my belly, I look fat. And if I breathe from my chest, oh, my chest all nice and big. At least, at least some part of it was that. But I had completely trained myself from a young age to breathe from up here. And that's not really where you're supposed to breathe, especially deeply. Yeah. No, but the reason why people are so violent and, and like there's all this rap about kundalini is because that is probably one of the quickest way to start uncovering deep 
loins of your trauma, right? And, and have them come up to surface. And everybody who is violent about it and who is militant about it and who gives you all these warnings is they have went to it. It made them feel like total crap because it brought up all the trapped energy that they were not ready to or are too afraid to address. And now they walk around preaching how this is the worst thing possible. Guess because why? they felt some sensation. Because they felt sensation. And instead right. of actually going, wait, this is working for me, they went, holy shit, I'm right. running the next direction and then preaching to the world that this is going mean, to be that, the that, worst thing ever. There you go. That's, the sensation is the goal. If you, if, you know, not to assign a goal to it, but if you're feeling sensation, whether that's physical sensation in your, in your legs or whether that's emotional sensation in that, you know, it makes me want to cry or it makes me angry or whatever. Great. It's working. That's yeah. how you know it's working. Well, from the Plato's cave allegory, you go into Kundalini session, you realize there's something a, else, something else out there. There's actually a world out there and you're just stuck in the cave and that hurts. Yeah. That hurts to, to start to see that truth. And if you're experiencing that and you're not ready and you're, you become militantly, violently yeah. against all of that. I say this, like, this is going to sound rude, but all of the people who are against spiritual awakening and, or let's say we're not, not even going to use word spiritual awakening, who are against anything, anything. Yeah are simply there because they're, they have felt something along the way that yeah. touched on that deep, painful part of their being. That makes them feel something, either, either through direct experience or through the idea of what it is. You know, if, it doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's kundalini yoga or if it's, you know, I, I have this visceral reaction to the idea of Republicans, Democrats, Pick a ethnic group that you don't like. No, it doesn't matter. It, there's this visceral reaction to it. No, but what I'm saying is those people who have visceral reaction to spiritual awakening, there's this movement out there yeah, against well, I'm the saying people. That, I'm saying that, that would apply to anything you have that visceral reaction to. Yeah, but I think it's slightly different for the spiritual awakening world. Okay. Because the world of spiritual awakening hits those people, hits everybody yeah. at the core of your pain body. And it showcases not like, oh, this is just like, you, you cannot take this blame and go, oh, it's because I'm a Republican, they're a Democrat. Or like, oh, well, because I believe in Ford and they believe in Chevy, right? You can't actually externalize that out. Like the, with all those things, oh, okay. there's this duality. Go, well, the reason why I feel this is because I'm a Chevy fan and those four people are assholes, right? In that case, you're kind of like ricocheting your way against these two <laughs> things, right? Yeah. But spiritual awakening, there's nothing to ricochet against other than your internal knowing. Right. So it's all you. It's all you. You're fighting yourself. Okay. So when you're fighting people on the points of spiritual awakening or on pain body processing or on trauma releasing or on yoga or on kundalini anything that hits you not pretend version of you where you're a chevy fan not pretend version of you where you're a democrat meaning you're externalizing do you see what i mean yeah yeah yeah. no i see what you mean yeah no that's a good point yeah and it uh 
You 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 take you, a concept, you, can't, you marry you, a concept that is not you, but holds a trapped energy. Like let's say in this case, it's Chevy versus Ford. I don't think that's the case still, but in olden days, I think that was. That I, when I lived at Chris's house, there seemed to be a very big Chevy versus Ford. Yeah, but I don't thing. know. I don't. I, think I don't like know how serious another, that was, but I yeah. th- But some people probably take that seriously. Yeah, I think that's like an old, older time, yeah, but, baby but boomer it, thing. In as much as that's something that sounds to me very trivial and stupid. Yeah, right. I'm. <laughs> Here we are <laughs> going, hey, if you're bored. I, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Terry Crews on uh, the Ritual podcast. Um, and he was saying that when he was growing up in, uh, what was it? Was it Flint, Michigan? Mm-hmm. It was a big, um, it was a big. Uh, oh, that was, that had a Ford plant, right? I, it was either Ford or it was some American car manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And, Literally, if you brought a foreign car in, they would burn it. Wow. They would set it on fire. And it was many years later in his life when he's like, oh, this is what a BMW is. Because <laughs> nobody would Cause, ever cause bring it, in a it, foreign car in. There was just this, this huge, you know, I mean, you could, you could pretend it's, you know, American pride, American pride, keep the jobs here, whatever. But it's just, you know. um. It's externalized Pressure. Yes. trauma. It's, it becomes, you know, us versus them, duality, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, I think what, so we will run with the car thing, but what that exemplifies is you take some kind of external trapped energy, external pain, emotional trauma, and you take it and you externalize it to this outside source. Let's say in this case, we call Chevy preference. And then- you you marry it and you start to identify that as your thing. This is who I am, right? I'm a Chevy guy. I'm a Chevy guy. And the pain body that externalized that out does not want to be addressed, but it picked that external source because it's slightly separated from the pain. You separate yourself away from wh- where it really hurts to this outer concept. And then you're still living in pain, but this is, let's say, one step removed. And then this pain gets bounced off against everybody else who's a Ford guy, right? And so you externalize the pain, you pretend it doesn't exist, you put this into the Chevy love, right? And then because the pain still hurts, then you are basically- You have someone else to blame. You you No, then everybody else who's a Ford guy is now the bad guy. Right. Right. But again, you externalize this out. But the reason why it doesn't work when you're talking about spiritual awareness, because you're not one step removed. You're still inside. And so- that means that you are, I don't want to say in the wrong, but you know, you, you can't point the finger anywhere else other than yourself. Yeah. And your ego is fighting that yeah. hard. That's that's when the the fight will be the hardest. Right. Because your ego is like, oh, I can't be wrong. Yeah. I yeah. can't be, it, it, it can't be that I'm wrong. It can't be that I've always been wrong. It can't be that I have to change. It can't be any of these things because those are deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be like, oh, guess what? It's on my end. Yeah. It's, oh, there's nobody else hurting me. I'm the one who's, who's, I don't even know, in the wrong. In the, yeah. Right. Like when I was blaming somebody else for making me feel that way, it's on me. Yeah. And that's when the people will fight tooth and nail. That clarifies that, that really, 
shines light on the whole, oh, this Chevy versus Ford thing isn't really about Chevys and Fords. Yeah. It's about, I need to feel superior in order to appease my ego. And I need to feel that Chevys are better because if she, because if that isn't the case and Chevys aren't better or they're all the same or it doesn't matter at all, then I'm no longer special well, because I'm no longer on the right team or in the right tribe. Your or identity, my identity is, is tied yeah, into it's the tied Chevy. To this, and if it turns out that, that it's not better or it's all the same, then it, it all dissolves. Well, you have to look inside and go, wait. Yeah. How does it make me feel about me? Yeah. Right? Because you married the Chevy idea because you you started to seek out external validation for your identity. Yeah. And then once you remove the external validation, external stimuli, you, you can't become an externally validated. You cannot become associated with external things. You have to step back and, and it's all within. And yeah. that's when shit really hits the yeah. fan. It's and hard. that's when it hurts. And that's when the anger really comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's why there are so many people against spiritual awakening yeah. or uh, self-reflection or yoga or either, Qigong yeah, or whatever. Either they've tried it and it, it, it shined the tiniest light on that and it made them uncomfortable or they just know that's oh, what they, this is where it's going to go and I don't want to go there. Yeah. And so they're militant against yeah. that. And so it hurts. now I, and especially you, are militant for it because it's like, this is clearly the only way for it. I don't it. think I'm militant for it. Militant may be the wrong word. No, but what, what I am trying to communicate here is every single action of self that you partake in that is externalized, I see it as a me lying to myself, mm. right? So I actually don't care if anybody else does whatever I do. I just know what it looks like to have lied to myself for 40 years in this lifetime. And I'm now looking at it in retrospect and going, oh my gosh, all these games that I played, all of these lies that I've told, all of these things that I'm continuing to do that are now very clearly just me lying to myself makes me realize how unauthentic my life is to my own being living in that space. So what what I'm not militant about, what I right. want to communicate when, is- When I say militant, I meant militant about living that way yourself, not militant about converting yeah, other myself. people. myself, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that I want to showcase that every time, every minute that you spend in the act of choice of not looking within and doing something from from the shadow is actually, I look at it as a lie. No, it is still my life and it's still my journey and it's still beautiful. And so I appreciate it and I acknowledge it. But I see it as an opportunity for me to see for see it for what it actually is, and then insert clarity and observation into it, right? Because it's almost it's almost like there's a self limit that is designed by the mere nature that I'm living in my own self deception, right? So yeah, yeah, I mean, I know that's a conversation on movement, but th 
It's a path. It's like it's like its own. It's its own little facet. It's almost like this like magic little tool that you don't have to do it daily, right? You don't right. even have to do it with the purpose of spiritual awakening. Yeah, you just have to do it with the purpose of let me just breathe. Yeah, let me I, start breathing. I heard this thing the other day, and I'm, I'm trying to do it now. Is like three times a day when you wake up in the middle of the day, and then you know in the evening, take 25 deep, full breaths in a row. To take a couple minutes, do that. As, as, a, as a way to almost like get into this, you know, breathing thing. But it's, you know, it's easy. doesn't take much time. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, no, I mean, that it just comes down to breathing. Just cognitively stretching out your breath. Not, not with purpose of stretching it out, but breathing through the nose and allowing the depth to naturally be there minute to minute. Uh, and th- I think these practices, just by the mere nature of the fact that, you know, yoga just literally just like, oh, each movement has a breath in and breath out. Qigong does, uh, Tai Chi does. I think just me- some, a lot of meditation practices do the breath thing, right? Uh, and, or or just cognitive breathing. I mean, I think there are just some practices where you just sit and breathe. Not twenty five, but but I'm let me take you know just sit and breathe, and that yeah is a huge, huge opportunity for for self. Yeah. 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 Good rep. It's a good rep. Thank you. Thank you. Happy breathing. Mm-hmm.